listening to the Fish on Ted podcast with your host, Ted Johnson. Well, hi, this is Ted Johnson, and before we start today's podcast, I'd like to give a quick shout-out to a couple of our supporters. George Schauer, who is the Pocono Outdoors guy, has been a friend and advocate of the Fish on Ted podcast and our sister company, Marketing for Guides, for a couple years now. George broadcasts his own podcast live every Sunday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Facebook Live. He then posts his episode on his YouTube channel, of course called The Pocono Outdoors Guy. Along with being a podcast host, George is also a well-known outdoor writer and outdoor videographer. To find out more about George's services, go to his website at www.poconooutdoorsguy.com. I'd also like to recognize Short Bus Flashers, who is based in Oregon. J.T. Gillette started Short Bus Flashers just over 10 years ago, and it has become the premier manufacturer of salmon fishing flashers on the West Coast. If you like catching salmon, you need to visit www.shortbusflashers.com and take a look at all the flashers and the hundreds of shapes and color combinations that are available. Well, hello, this is Ted Johnson with the Fish on Ted podcast. I want to thank everybody for joining us today. It's a couple days after the 2020 election, and we still don't have a precedent yet. It's the craziest thing. It'll be interesting to see what uh, comes about in the next few days and how this country is going to go. If you're listening to this a couple years down the road, yep, we are still in the COVID mess, and we're playing around with that. But, you know, more and more people are getting out fishing than ever before. The industry statistics are are incredible, especially if you're a tackle manufacturer or understanding and looking at some of the different websites and reports that we look at, that some of the tackle manufacturers have seen an increase of two to 300% in tackle sales just in the year 2020. And I think it's because people are retiring their bowling balls and their golf clubs and all the other things that they uh, have been doing to get away and do that social distancing thing. And what a, there's no better way to social distancing yourself than getting into the you know, great outdoors and putting a fishing rod in your hand. And so uh, you know, if you're part of this wonderful fishing industry or just enjoy the sport, I think we are seeing a real insurgence in this. Now today we've got a special guest. I'm looking forward to this and talking about um, lures and spinners in particular. And without um, uh, stealing too much of his thunder, I've got Dominic with uh, North Fork Lures on the line, I think. Dominic, you there? Yes, Ted, I'm here. How's it going, man? <laughs> you know, it's going well. It's going well. How about you? <laughs> I'm doing awesome, man. Very, very good. Great. Now, now, just to let the listeners know, you are in the great Northwest of the United States, and it's just kind of the the wrapping up of the salmon season and coming into steelhead. Have you been out uh, fishing much? Yes. Um, I took a week off of work here because the final stages of the salmon run are just starting to um, get in high gear, probably for the next week or two and then it's going to be steelhead right after that so i've been fishing pretty much every day for the last 
week, week and a half or so. Uh, good for you. Now, do you have do you have a preference, salmon, steelhead? Um, you know, as far as fishing for, I'd say um, I love you know if if you gave me a, a season, I love summer steelhead. I think uh, they're they're so aggressive and they love they love hitting spinners. You know what I mean? That's true. That that's true. Well, you know, Dominic, how in the world did you ever get involved so far into the the fishing business that you have now started your own tackle business. It's a it's a crazy it's a crazy story, and I I don't even really know how uh, how all the pieces fit together. But um, I can tell you, it started out um, as far as um, me making my first spinner started out when I was. Uh, I was living on the North Fork of the Lewis River, renting a, up a little place, and uh, we were uh, right up next to the golf course there in Woodland, so a lot of these guys listening will probably know exactly where I'm talking about, and um, on the back side of the golf course, there's this fishing hole, um, and uh, boats are just stacked out there all the time, and they're just slaying the fish, man, and I, I didn't have a boat, and uh, I'm a bank guy, and uh, I'm just chucking these spinners out there, spoons out there, you know, and just trying to get a get a fish on, and uh, I could I just couldn't for the life of me get a uh, get a catch a fish, get my lure to get out to where the fish were, you know, because there's this deep hole out, out there. And uh, so uh, I went back home, and you know, just started thinking about what I'm gonna do. Should I buy a kayak, float across the river? No, that's too much work, too much money. And so then I just started buying stuff and things and putting things together to make try to make this heavy spinner, you know. Yeah. And uh, so basically, the, my very first spinner was pretty ugly. I mean, it was really ugly, but uh, it was heavy. And uh, I had a number six blade on it. And I just, my first time going out, uh, I just first cast, and this is, I mean, crazy and uh, almost unbelievable. Uh, first cast, made it right to that hole and uh, let it hit the bottom and slowly started reeling it in. And I got my very first uh chinook salmon on that uh no spinner so since then man i just started making them you know uh-huh oh that's cool that, that now how many years yeah. ago was that dominic um i'm gonna say that was probably right around eight years ago oh, okay okay got it yeah so so did in growing up did you do a lot of fishing uh as a as a younger guy um I I did some fishing, yeah, um, not a lot. So my great grandma um, actually was a fishing fanatic, man. She would uh, pick me up and um, take me fishing to these little local ponds and little local lakes. And um, I don't, I never really wanted to go with her. I mean, what what I just didn't want to go, you know. But uh, I, right. I always went with her and. Uh, and uh, but I always end up having fun after you start fishing it, you know. So I think she sort of planted the seed, you know what I'm saying, of, of taking me out there and and sort of teaching me and all that kind of stuff. And then as I grew up into a teenager, um, that's when I started <clears throat> kind of going on my own and and starting starting to build the passion for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. So yeah. your it, it was your grandmother that kind of got you into the the sport of fishing. 
Yeah, absolutely, man. She was competitive, man. I remember the few times I actually outfished her, she was, she, she actually, uh, you could see that she was like, uh, pretty bummed out about that. You're walking home. <laughs> That's yeah, I, almost. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be darned. I'll be darned. Well, that, yeah. that is cool. That is cool. So, yeah. so yeah. So tell us about the spinners. They, it sounds like they're, they're weighted in such a way that you can cast them farther than a lot of the products that are on the shelf right now? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, throughout the years, I've been just going back and forth with different weights, different styles, trying to find, <clears throat> because what I've learned um, throughout the years of making spinners is there's there's a balance. You, you need to find a balance between weight. Um, you need to find a balance between the blade size and there's just everything has to kind of come together in my opinion to make the 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 best spinner um you know i want my spinners to be um be, be able to have action in the lowest retrieval speed possible uh-huh. so i think i think i found a pretty good balance uh between that so what i've come up with throughout the years is pretty much all my spinners um, are made with bullet weights, which are, are lead. So yeah, they get out there pretty good and mm-hmm. they sink really fast and um, they pretty much do the job for sure. I'll be darned. Now, and what, what sizes uh, do you have in those spinners? Um, I have, as of right now, as far as selling on my website, I have a quarter ounce half ounce um and one ounce spinners so. got it no no i'm sorry i have quarter ounce uh half ounce three quarter ounce and i just put the one ounce spinners or the one ounces are the uh they're like the hoochie spinners you know oh right like right. the the flying seas kind of got got it so, and now are our guys dragging these behind 360s and that sort of thing too? Um, you know, I have, I met a guy at uh, this little uh, sportsman show in Kalama I was at who says he puts them behind a 360 on the Columbia. Um, I have not done that yet, honestly, but he said he had great success with it. So oh, okay. I'm sure, I'm sure they, I'm sure you can. Most people, I mean, they might do that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a bank guy, and um, and a, I do have a boat that I fish out of. And when I'm fishing with my spinners out of the boat, usually I'm casting it from the boat. Uh huh. Got it. Um, Got it. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It sounds like you and I fish a lot of the same types of waters, and, and uh, casting spinners has always been in in my uh, repertoire of uh, fishing during mm-hmm. the day. And there's so many of those products out there that don't have the weight to get out where they need to go, you know? And so you're maybe floating down the middle of the river and you're trying to, you know, get that thing underneath some branches or trees and, and you just can't ever get it that far, you know? And, uh, yep, exactly. And, and that's where, uh, I'll bet your lures really shine is being able to, to cast them accurately underneath the, you know, um, uh, obstacles and that sort of thing. Absolutely. I'm, I'm a huge tributary fisherman. That's, I grew up fishing, uh, the North Fork. That's why I named my company North Fork Lures. Uh, I grew up fishing the North Fork, uh, in, uh, Woodland, Washington. And, uh, 
So the tributaries, that's sort of how you fish them. You don't really use the 360s. You kind of just, um, you can either uh, back troll, and then as you're back trolling, you can be casting plugs and spinners out of your boat. Or if you're bank fishing, um, you know, usually you'll see a clump of stumps out there, you know, and you're going to want to get your spinner out there, hit the water, and then immediately retrieve it. Because if you let it sink too far, um, you're going to snag a stump. So these heavy spinners, you know, you can lop them out there. It hits the water, you click your, your reel, and you just let slowly start reeling it, and you already kind of got some good depth right there. You know what I'm saying? So you don't have to let it sink to get the depth you want. It hits the water, and it kind of just finds that nice little, you know, nice little depth right there without having to let it sink on its own. Right, right. And it, it sounds like it's buoyant enough that, like you were saying, you can, you can back troll them too, huh? Yeah, I mean, I've I've definitely uh, I've been working on that. That takes some, that takes a little bit of practice because you got to have the right current speed, right? And you got to be able to you know drift at the right speed to back troll them. But I've been working on back trolling them, and I in the right conditions, you can definitely back troll these as well. Yeah, I love the back troll, man. It's the uh, one of the biggest salmon that we ever got to the boat. We never got it in the boat, but got the boat. Uh, got to the boat was uh, through back trolling a spinner up on the McKenzie. Guys, that, that was a crazy time, man. We, uh, oh, this has been years ago. And my father-in-law came out from Ohio to go fishing. And so we were excited to have him out. And he brings along, you'll appreciate this, this little Zebco fishing outfit that he swore up and down that he caught all his fish on. It was a closed face reel you know, one piece rod, and then just some really cheap 20-pound test on this thing, that as soon as it got out the, <laughs> the, the end of the, the pole on the islet, it would start, you know, curling up, right? So mm -hmm. we, were, we weren't going to let him cast, and so we, we back-trolled that with, uh, I don't know, I think we probably had a MEPS on or something at the time, and uh, he hooked into this salmon, Holy smokes, it was a tussle. But the, the the hardest thing was is that the line kept wrapping around the tip of his pole because he would let the pole down too much, right? And we'd be oh, yelling, yeah. we'd be yelling at him, Floyd, what are you doing, man? You know, keep it up, you know, don't don't you know, don't point the rod to the to the water. Because you know, every time he did it, it it would put a knot in it and then he would try to fix it. And no, don't do that. Just lift it up <laughs> and that happens, we'll take it off. And we fought and fought and fought this thing, Dominic. And we finally got it to the boat. And it was a springer. And it, it, was, it was close. It had to have been, you know, like, like 18 pounds. It was a big springer, you know. Got it to the boat. Mm -hmm. And we're telling him, Floyd, just keep the rod tip up. We'll net behind it. And we'll get this thing in. Well, something happened. And the, the line wrapped around the tip again. And you know what happened. The thing became unhooked before it hit the net and it just swam away lazily like you know like, like thumbing your nose at us oh my god wow. you know and and my brother-in-law and i who were on the boat we were just sick at the time and floyd looks at us and goes well we're just gonna have to go get another one well you're gonna have to live another lifetime <laughs> floyd because that was a lifetime fish you know but uh, <laughs> man but that was that was that was a that was a fun day and and we did pick up a couple other fish that day but nothing that size you know but it was all done back trolling spinners it worked really really well you know in my opinion is um 
I think you catch bigger fish on spinners, man. I think you get the more aggressive fish. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I, I when I go fishing, I'll bring – I always, of course, have my spinners with me, and uh, and that's, like, the first thing I do is I'll just – I'll go out there and hit it with spinners. And uh, – um, but, if you know, usually you'll catch the most aggressive. Like, if I'm fishing spinners and I have, you know, somebody, you know, within the boat with me doing, you know, uh, floating – uh, jig or something like that um, it seems like the bigger fish take the spinners and, and that's not always the case uh, my biggest steelhead was caught on a, uh, a jig yeah. so but that's not always the case but it just seems like um, you get like pound for pound the more more fish you catch are going to be bigger you know what I'm saying right right and and there's no doubt you have a fish on the line when something hits a spinner that it's game on. It isn't like that little tap, 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 right? Yeah, that's, and that's another great thing about spinner fishing. You know, it, it might it's like the perfect way to start learning how to fish because you know you really can't go wrong. You can cat. I've caught tons of fish casting straight up river, straight down river. You know, and so you get a fish on, and basically they almost hook themselves. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's it's a really good way to fish. Oh, absolutely. I'm just, you know, I was sitting there talking to you and we were talking about, uh, you know, some times ago, um, do they still make those planer boards? Do you remember when those were out uh, where you could, you know, put a planer board out there with a spinner behind it to get further out in the river? Did you ever use one of those? Um, I've never used one of those, man. I had never have, but uh, I know they do, they use those for kokanee a lot out here. Yeah, yeah. Yep, they they use those for kokanee. I a friend of mine, um, on my it's on my YouTube channel. I believe it's um three. Let me think here. Not I just posted one. The one before I just like I don't know like uh two videos ago. He actually has a planer board that he um fishes off the bank with that he plugs he uh fishes plugs off of. Really? No kidding. And yeah, and it's amazing. I mean, uh, I'm going to be doing a video here in the next few months. Um, we're waiting for the weather. He wants to um, show show people how to do it because he has property on the river, and um, he doesn't like to cast cast with the weight and um, do that deal when he's plunking. He'd rather have, he has this plane board that he just lets out, and it just literally goes vertical straight across the river. It doesn't go downriver whatsoever. I mean, I don't, right. he has the angle cut, and he just he hooks his uh, his plunking rod right up to it, and it goes. I mean, he catches tons of fish on on that. It's actually one fish he caught is on one of my last videos using that plane planer board thing and my bobber. I mean, I don't really even know how they work, but uh -huh. it's pretty interesting for sure. Yeah, yeah, I had one that I goofed around with for a number of years, and and uh, I always get it hung up on something. But I think I was um, I was I was pulling a flatfish behind it. But now that I think about it, probably a spinner would have been a better option than uh, like a diver or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I bet it could have been. I'm I'm really when I'm fishing, I always simple for me is always better. You know, I'm always trying to, and that's why I love fishing the spinners. It just seems to be the easiest way to go. There's less things that can go wrong you know what i'm saying yeah yeah now you 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 uh, personally make all of the spinners yourself yes um 
they're all painted by myself. Um, they are all um, hand tied with a wire with just my bare hands and a pair of pliers. I don't have any machines or what, or to bend the wires. Yeah. Um, I mean, every, everything is basically done by me by hand. My wife helps with the painting mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, she does all the packaging and stuff too, but uh, yeah, it's just us and uh, they're all done by hand. Wow. That's cool. And, and you are now in, in a couple stores, aren't you? Yes, sir. I'm in, uh, I'm in, uh, let's see, there's a store out in Castle Rock. Um, there's a store in Scapoose, Oregon. Um, I'm in a tackle shop in Tillamook, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a portable tackle shop who does, a, he just basically drives from uh, certain locations. He kind of has a route and um, in a trailer and I'm in, uh, and he also has a website. Um, I'm in his his uh, his store there, and uh, then I have my website as well. Ah, very good. And it's all branded under North Fork, right? Yes. Yep. It's all under North Fork Lures. Right. Right. I'll be darned. Who's Who's the guy with the trailer? I think I talked to somebody that was doing that a couple months ago. Uh, do, you, do you know his name? Um. Yeah, his name is Justin Bergen. He That's the right. name of his uh, company is called the Tackle Box. That's right. And he has this kind of, uh, it's almost like an RV hauler type trailer, isn't it? And he takes down the back door and you can walk in around the trailer. Yep, that's exactly it. Yeah, that's a cool concept. I, uh, I know that he was out there doing it and he's promoting himself on, uh, on Facebook and that sort of thing. Um, so uh, that's kind of cool that he's, uh, has, uh, has your tackle in there. That's great. Yeah, that that it's it's he knows a lot of people and he has a lot of contacts, you know, yeah. and he's a really good guy. So I mean I'm I'm honored to be able to have my tackle in his place. Yeah, absolutely. So are mm-hmm. are you um are you uh working on any designs or have any lures, let's say for kokanee or trout or anything like that? Yeah, I uh I started doing the kokanee uh kokanee lures um a couple years ago um i do have a few lures that um so the one thing about the reason why i kind of started doing what i do is because i'm trying to be completely original i don't really like um producing um something that's already been done um so you know and i know you know uh a uh my lures you know with the um the bullet weights you know it's not like an original idea but the the way i tie them and uh the balance of them and all that the paint you know they're definitely an original original lure and and the kokanee i started making them for a while and it was just so hard because there's a lot of competition out there there's a lot of great companies out there right um who are making kokanee um kokanee lures you know everybody's got their version of the hoochies the micro hoochies and you know and it's just really hard to um come up with something completely original in that department Mm -hmm. um i do i do um have four different lures that are specifically designed for trout and kokanee and um I have never seen another lure like them. And I was selling them on my website for about a year, doing pretty good. 
And uh, I just recently took them off of my website because I'm, I want to focus more on um, just um, my casting spinners, my, my uh, salmon steelhead mm -hmm. um, lures, because uh, I, I feel like if, if you stray too far from, from something and then you lose, you might, I might lose some of my, um, you know, um, time for the, you know, what I originally started out doing with the salmon steelhead spinners. Right. So I, I, I might talk to Joe. I was going to talk to uh, the stores that I'm in and put these um, kokanee and trout spinners in their stores. They're, they're for trolling. They're trolling spinners. Um, and that's something I'll probably end up doing is trying to get them in the stores, but probably won't put them on my website. Yeah. Yeah. Now I got a question for you. I mean, you've been been experimenting with this for a long time. Back when I was a kid, if I if I was uh, fishing from the bank and I needed to get out a little bit further, I'd take a couple split shot, you know, and start you know attaching those to the line above the spinner. But I always was wondering if that might you know uh, hinder the performance or the action. Is, have you looked into that at all? Um, I. I've never really looked into that, but I could see how it could do a couple things. Um, I mean, it depends. If you're fishing for um, trout and you're using like a um, uh, what do you call those trout spinners? The uh, rooster, rooster tails. tails. Yeah. Uh -huh. They have the they have the Indiana blades on them. Right. And those Indiana blades are really hard to get started man it's almost like you got to jerk them to get them started and then you kind of almost have to retrieve them pretty fast to get them to keep spinning right so i'd imagine that if you you know put you know you're fishing for trout and you put a couple split shot shots on there it might you know make it even harder to fish it mm -hmm. um i know that i'm always kind of worried with salmon and steelhead doing that just because if you pinch too hard the 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 split shots on your line and you put any kind of an abrasion on that line and you catch a big fish, it might create a weak spot in your line and bust it and snap your line. Good point. Yeah. That's, I mean, and I'm not saying that does happen, but I can see it happening. So, oh, yeah. you know, that's one of the reasons I don't usually add split shots. Well, and, and those, you know, those damn things, you know, you, you put a, a couple of them on there and you uh, swatted a fly and, and not uh, give your, your reel a crank, and you got that thing hung up on the bottom, you know, on a piece of wood or behind a rock or something. You know, I've lost more lost more spinners doing that than I can shake a stick at. Yeah, absolutely. And and another thing is is uh, you put the split shots on it. You know, you're probably going to want your split shots at least at least two feet away from your spinner. Um, I would say that way, you know, they don't the fish. To, you know, it's out of the fish's visibility. Right. And then and now you have two feet hanging down from the end of your pole. And if you're fishing off the bank and there's trees around you, you know, that kind of makes casting harder. It could mm -hmm. make casting harder, you know. Yep. And another thing, when I use split shots it's, it's, and I'm casting them, it seems like they're always sliding down, you know. And so you're yep. always constantly having to adjust them up or down, you know. And then that's the problem is it's probably because I'm not crimping them hard enough. But then I'm worried if I crimp them hard enough, you know, I'm going to put an abrasion in the line and that could cause it to break my line so it's one of those things where i could definitely you know see myself doing it if it's a certain situation you know but I, i'd probably try not to do that if i didn't have to 
Yeah, good. Yeah, good point. I, my when I was growing up, my father was a dentist, and he would see me, you know, crimp down on those split shot on my line, and uh, he would he would he would absolutely have a cow at times. What are you doing? You know, you're going to break your teeth. Well, I don't have my pliers. <laughs> But I, I I've can, done that many times, man. Yeah, so, I, but but I can see if you had a a heavier weighted bullet on that 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 spinner, that you probably obviously you wouldn't have the line breakage issue, but then it, you probably wouldn't get caught up as much either, would you? No, not really. I mean, it's gotten you know if you fish spinners a lot, you're gonna. I was just telling my son this, uh, I took my son fishing the day before yesterday and, uh, you know, he lost a few spinners, just kind of getting discouraged a little bit, you know, and I was telling him that when I first started fishing with spinners, you know, I lost so many. And that was another reason I started making them is just because as much I was losing, I wanted to, you know, save some money. Right. And, uh, it, it does seem though, like the more you fish with spinners, Cause it's almost, I mean, I do a lot of other fishing, but I mean, spinners is always what I do the most. And it does seem like once you fish spinners long enough, you almost just get the feel for, for it. And you kind of just comes natural. And, and also knowing the river probably helps a lot too, but uh, I don't lose. I mean, I, I've maybe lose one spinner every time I go out, but I don't even think it's that. I, I don't lose very many spinners anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, and you and I were talking in the uh, uh, also about the the size of the fish, right? I mean, you know, uh, bringing that back up again, the, the the size of the fish that you catch with a spinner tends to be greater in many cases than just other types of, of ways of catching fish. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, and I think you just get the aggressive territorial fish. You know, I mean, I think you might catch less because, you know. And maybe in every every pool that you find that you fish, you know, or every tail out, there's usually going to be one dominant fish in there, you know, chasing the other ones away. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you throw that spinner in there and it's going to hit it. It's going to be the big dominant fish. You're going to get it. And then, you know, after that, you might not get any more bites that day. You know, I mean, um, I'm, the river I'm fishing right now um, I'm fishing with the guy who uh, fishes bobber, bobber and eggs. And uh, I would say he, he catches probably more fish than I do. I'd say if we were to tally it up, mm -hmm. but if you were to put our fish um, and weigh them all together, you, I catch way bigger fish than he does. Um, where I'm fishing right now, this particular spot I'm thinking of, um, he caught probably 11 jacks in the last week mm -hmm. um and like one four to six pounder and i caught probably six but all mine were over eight pounds oh wow you right. know so i did catch less fish but mine were a lot bigger and i haven't i've only caught two jack salmons this whole season so far on my spinners it just seems like the jacks like to take the eggs yeah you know and uh and maybe the spin glows you know, and then you want to get the bigger fish. It just seems like they hit plugs and spinners and, and stuff like that, you know. Right. Now, now personally, do you have a favorite color? Um, yeah, you know, it's crazy. My favorite color changes every year. It's funny you say that because, like, uh, this year my favorite color is uh, my blue body spinner with yeah. my uh, chartreuse bead. 
Um, I have caught more salmon on that uh, spinner um, this year than I, I've ever caught. So this year, my, my the hot color for me is uh, blue and chartreuse, my blue and chartreuse spinner. Um, last year for summer steelhead, um, it was my red. I have a red spinner with a, um, a flame red bead on it with yeah. a nickel blade. Yeah. Um, that's a hot spinner too for summer steelhead. I do really good on that. I'll be darned. Yeah. Yeah. And, and color, you're right. It changes, doesn't it? I mean, from year to year or, or from body of water to body of water, we have spent a lot of time on Admiralty Island, which is up in Southeast Alaska. And at the Southern tip of that is a small river, two of them actually, uh, one called Big Pibus, one called Little Pibus. That's the bays. And we would go into Little Pibus Bay and uh, uh, go up this uh, particular uh, little creek that fed into it and walk up maybe about a mile up to this little waterfall area. And it was, the years that we've been up there, it's just chock full of coho or silver salmon. And we would throw greens, we would throw blues, we would throw pink, nothing. But you put on a blood red, um, um, a bodied uh, a spinner with a blood red stripe on a silver blade, Holy moly, it's like every cast up there, but they wouldn't. Isn't they, that crazy? It's nuts. It is really, really nuts, you know, that it was just that color of that, that lure that was so important to those fish for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Man, I'm, you know, I've been playing a lot with my spinners, my colors, and I have a, I have a lot of theories on, on spinners. I, I mean, I do a lot of reading on retro reflectivity you know, and, and uh, what fish see, and, you know, and I don't have it figured out by any means, but I'm always trying to figure it out, and right when I feel like I do, I, I realize I don't, but, you know, a part of me feels like, you know, what, what, what the body of your lure, in my opinion, is almost the vessel, right? The body of the lure is, is, it's getting you to the fish via the weight of the lure, Right. Um, you know, if you want to, you know, a, a big gaudy, huge lure, you want to get out there far, you want to uh, be, you know, noticed and you want to be deep. And, you know, in the summertime, you might want a smaller lure, shallower water, more clear visibility. You don't want to spook the fish. And, you know, part of me feels like the blade is 85% of the lure. Like that's what attracts the fish to your lure originally i have a video on my youtube channel of of my lures underwater um showing their action mm. in a fairly um murky water and you know all you you know when you're in murky water and you have leaves drifting down and you have twigs and sticks drifting down um you know and a fish is sitting there swimming in the water and it sees all these things in the corner of its eye swimming down you know past it you know, a blue spinner, it doesn't even know what that is. But if it sees that, you know, 10 feet away, it sees a shiny little, you know, the blade shimmer, it's going to mm -hmm. get its attention, and it's going to get over there. And then that's what's going to create the bite is, is that blade. Mm -hmm. um, there's times, you know, I feel like in the winter, um, turbulent conditions, murky conditions, you're going to, yeah, okay, chartreuse is a good color because it is, it's bright. Right. Um, and, it, you know, you can see it underwater pretty good. But uh, 
I'm a firm believer in the blades. I, I feel like if you have the right color blade, the right size blade uh, for conditions, I think that you can have almost any spinner color. And then this isn't always true, though. I mean, in summer, there's some cir circumstances where um, I've noticed in the summertime, especially, I've had a red, a blood red spinner and uh, with a uh, brass blade. And um, that sucker caught, I caught so many steelhead that summer on that one spinner. So, I, I mean, it, it does change, but I really feel like a good quality blade has a, a lot to do with catching that fish, getting the fish's attention, you know what I mean? Right, right. Well, and, and, and it's been my experience also is the depth that you're running that spinner or that lure can make all the difference in the world too. Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing is, you know, you just got to, you know, get it down there to where they're at, you know, and, yeah. and for the most part, you know, when fish are, you know, they, they look, they see up. So, I mean, if you're not dragging tick and bottom, I mean, if you're a, a, a foot or two or maybe three feet, depending on the water above them, you know, I think they're still, you know, if you have the right water conditions and the right spinner, you know, you're probably still going to get their attention and maybe entice, entice a strike there. Yeah. Um, but you definitely, and that's why I focused on um, the, the bullet weights and the, um, the lead weights on my spinners is because they are, they get down there fast. And the mm -hmm. blades, the way the, the wires, the blade size, the, I mean, I have toyed with these spinners um, for years. Um, trying to find the right balance. I mean, if my spinner, I have a spinner um, that it will literally flutter as it's drifting or as you throw it in the water and it hits the water and it starts to sink, the blade spins as it's sinking right. because it, the action on that sucker is just, I mean, it's just perfect and the balance is perfect. I mean, so, I mean, you can definitely, uh, you can definitely say something about that, having a good quality heavy spinner that just has the perfect action. Yep. Yeah, exactly. You know, I was on the Deschutes one time and it was on the upper Deschutes and we were walking the river and we were throwing, um, uh, you know, spinners and lures and we were doing all right, but we'd come upon these log jams and we'd, we'd throw the, the lure, the spinner as close as we could get to the log jam and then retrieve it and, and we would bring in some fish that were hiding underneath that, you know? And I got the one mm -hmm. about halfway through the day and uh, there was this nice size log I can kind of walk out on and I'm casting it downstream and up to the log jam and nothing, you know? And I thought, well, what if I just take this thing and drop it straight down, it was a spinner, and then just jig it. Holy moly, you know, the bite was on. And I'll bet I got 25 fish that day uh, in the last, you know, wow. three hours jigging these spinners right behind the log jam. It was the craziest thing, you know, but um, you, that's, that's awesome. you never know, do you? Nope. You never know. I was, um, so the fit, I caught a fish, oh, I don't know, two weeks ago. Um, and I, my wife and I were fishing and uh, we had her been there for, two to three hours none of us had a single bite and it was it was pretty you know pretty slow bite day yeah. and so uh, i made up uh, i have these prototype spinners that i just put on my website a couple days ago um they're these uh they're the ahuchi uh, very heavy um they're one ounce number six blade uh 
hoochie spinner. And uh, I decided, I don't know what maybe decided, but I got to do something different. You know, you, you can toss everything out there, all the different colors. They're not, you're not getting them to bite. So I, I threw one of those spinners out there. And uh, as soon as it hit the water, I just started twitching it back to me. And uh, I caught my, I caught a coho on that. And I, unfortunately I lost it at the bank, which was a, a major bummer there. But yeah. uh, I did catch a spinner or a fish on one of those, just twitching it. So, and that's some good advice to give, uh, you know, the listeners right now, you know, if, if you're out there throwing spinners and you went through all your colors and all your, you know, blade sizes and blade colors, um, you know, and you, you know, try twitching a spinner, those, that definitely works. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. So I got a question for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if tomorrow morning you woke up and for whatever reason in your dream or, or some aberration came to you and, and goes, Dominic, you got one more fishing trip, man. That's it. This will be your last one. Where would you go? What would you use and what would you fish for? Man, that's a good question. Well, I'm going to say uh, I would love my, – my dream would be to go to Alaska. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much – I don't really have a particular river um, up there that it's like I would just want to fish this river. Um, I, I would love to go to Alaska, and it would be spinner fishing for sure. And uh, my dream would be to – could be one, one last trip, one last – what I'd love to do is uh, I'd love to be dropped off uh, via an airplane somewhere in Alaska on some river covered in salmon. There you go. And uh, backpack and, uh, you know, uh, a box full of spinners. And uh, I would love to just spend, like, a week just, like, hiking the river because I, like – I have ADHD sort of, that's why I love fishing spinners. It's because it's an it's activity. You're, you're always moving. And, and so I would love to just walk the river and fish. Very good. Very good. That would be my dream for sure. Well, Dominic, we really appreciate the chance to talk with you today. If people are interested in finding out more about your spinners, you have a pretty good website. What, what's your URL on your website? Um, it would be northforklures.com. Okay. And then can people also call yep. you? Um, they can call me. I'm working on, um, I'm working on getting my, uh, business phone and my personal phone. Um, so as of right now, I don't have a business phone line. I pretty much just use my, um, uh, email. I, okay. I do a lot of emails and, um, on Facebook. Um, you can find me on Facebook and uh, message, uh, message me on Facebook, private message me, um, email. Um, my email is uh, northforklures at gmail.com. That's a, a good way to get a hold of me as well. Awesome. And then, of course, at the different retailers that uh, you have your lures in. Yep, absolutely. I have uh, those. If you guys want to go to my um, – YouTube channel, which is North Fork Lures on YouTube, and you can click on any one of my videos. And in those videos descriptions, I have all of my uh, the stores that are carrying my products and their addresses in there, so you guys can get a hold of them there. Or you can message me, and uh, I had a guy just message me the other day asking me, um, 
he says, I'm going fishing on the nacelle tomorrow. I need them. Um, I know shipping, he's like, can I, where, what's your nearest store? And I told him the nearest store for where he was. And he sent me a picture later and he picked up a bunch of spinners. So yeah, if you just need to find out where, you know, where you can get them and need them in a hurry, uh, just message me and I'll, I'll, I'll let you know how to get to them. Terrific. Terrific. Dominic, I sure appreciate the chance to uh, talk with you today. It's been a great conversation about uh, spinners and salmon fishing and, and, uh, all of the things that we all love. Obviously you have a passion for this and it sounds like North Fork uh, Lures is gonna be going places. And so we're looking forward to uh, hearing more about your success in the future. Absolutely, man, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you, Dominic.